Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I'm so glad you are here. Today, my guest is Noelle Roth from Noelle Roth Studio down in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, LA. Everybody knows it as LA, so we'll go with that. She's been around Chicago, she's been around New York, now settled into LA. She did the studio life thing for a little while, now kicking it freelance. Originally, she was looking to be an architect. How many times have I heard that? You know, wanting to express yourself creatively with tangible things, creative things, and architecture is sometimes the first direction for a lot of designers. She actually discovered what graphic design was in a book in the library. She tells us about that. She also tells us that she has no shoes, except for a few pairs, but not a lot of shoes, but she has loads of typefaces. She knows where she's throwing her dough. She talks about a story about a struggle that she had had in her career at one of the New York agencies she worked at, and how it actually was bad enough to cause her to question her career direction. You know, did I make the right move getting into this? Noelle is so kind to come spend some time and share some stories with us, so let's get to it, everybody. My wonderful guest today, Noelle Roth. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Good morning, Noelle. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing terrific. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks for turning off your air conditioner and now going to be pouring with sweat halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the sacrifices we make. That's for, uh, right. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, are you ready for a quickie then? I am. Perfect. Let's do this. Let's start with the hardest question first. So briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Great. So I'm Noelle Roth. I am a graphic designer focusing mainly on branding. I do a tiny bit of illustration in there too sometimes, but I'm really focusing on working with small businesses and growing their presence and story and brand. So that's currently what I'm focusing on and I've done other things and probably will do other things. Yeah. Elevator pitch just wrapped up nicely. Well done. <laughs> Worked this time. <laughs> and how long have you been doing uh, Noel Roth Studio for? Well, technically about uh, two years. Um, and I say technically because I've been freelancing for basically as long as I've been a designer. So I actually started freelancing when I was in design school to help pay for design school, which is kind of ironic. Um, and then really, so that was, uh, let's see, like nine years ago, eight years ago. I'm trying to do the math, but um, and uh, really trying to set up my own studio was in the last couple of years when I moved to LA and didn't really want to work for anybody yeah. anymore. So I moved to LA about two years ago, and now I'm here. Now it's and official. Yeah, and I did work for a really a great um, studio here too for a bit. Um, good 
Design Co., which was a cannabis brand design studio. Very and cool. um, yeah, but now I'm working all for myself again. So. so where were you living before you moved over to L.A.? I was in Chicago. Um, yeah, so I was in Chicago for about four years. So just the other side yeah. of the country. <laughs> yeah, middle yeah, middle of the country. Yeah, the other full side of the country. I also lived in New York too before that. And there you go. um yeah, so have hit all, you know, all sections except for the south. So Perfect. And and, and Alaska up here. Don't forget. Yeah, me. and Alaska. Yeah. You know, and Hawaii too, but you know. Oh, there's the, still time. Still time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of places to go. And when you were in Chicago and New York, was it primarily freelance? Did you do the studio thing? What were you doing there? Yeah, so Chicago, I worked at um, Grip, which is a small design studio doing branding and other design things, and then also um, Pitchfork, the music online music company, um, festival company. Yep. So, um, did some art directing there, and then so that was those were full time, and then in New York, I um, did some internships too. So that was great. Yeah. So I'm going to take you back even further than that. And I want to ask you about your childhood, Noel. Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of led you down this career path? I love the um, quickie, like psychology thing here. We're like, okay, let's del- delve yep. in. Um, yeah, this is where I start billing. <laughs> right. <laughs> the beginning was it just was- small talk, but now it's for real. You're like, it didn't tell me your hourly rate. Um, so yeah, no. So my childhood was really creative. I mean, I was always... My parents are um, creative people, but aren't in the creative fields. Um, and so we were always painting and taking pottery classes and, you know, whatever we could find. Um, I made, like, <laughs> uh, little figurines out of, like, fast food containers, apparently, which is something <laughs> my mom was, like, so, like, you're so creative. I was like, oh, that's kind of gross. I, like, made a <laughs> person out of a French fry container. Um, but you know, I just, you know, we put on plays and did play acting. I have three siblings. So it was always some sort of, uh, creative mess happening. Um, yeah. So really creative. I think that, uh, graphic design or design, uh, I always was interested in books and, and writing and I really liked typography, but I didn't know what it was. And so, um, I, I didn't ever know that graphic design was a career until I was, like 21 um, <laughs> for real like I didn't actually know I was never I was exposed to a lot of like art and fine art and mm-hmm. went to a lot of museums and and did a lot of creative play but I didn't know that graphic design was a career until I, I went to a liberal arts school um uh my first college experience and when I was 21 I found this I was starting to write my thesis and like I found this one design graphic design book in the um library and was like oh wait all these letters and this stuff is all stuff that people get paid to make this is what it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah like what how am i this old and didn't know about this um that's amazing though because after 100 plus interviews a bunch of people have said the same thing they did not know what graphic design was and then they were in the library and found a book and were like oh that's what it is (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because I wonder, like, so I'm 33. So when I was 21, like, the internet and design blogs and things like that weren't, you know, it was there, but not, you know, now you wouldn't have an excuse to not find out what Mm -hmm. design is, I guess. I mean, maybe you would, but I feel like it's so much easier to get access to whatever you are potentially interested in. You just Google, like, I like letters. 
Um, yeah, and so, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, you know, I bet the library is, um, it must be a slightly older generation thing, but... Um, <laughs> slightly older. <laughs> slightly older yeah. millennial thing. Um, but it's also funny, though, too, because I do find libraries just this treasure trove of obviously of information, but in a way where you can explore and uncover that you can't do on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I total tangent, but I, I do find that as a really interesting, cool way to, to find unexpected creativity. Cause you can just walk around and be like, Whoa, that book and thing is interesting. And I never ever would have searched for it. Um, in a way that I don't find uh, the internet works because it directs you mm-hmm. like al- the algorithms are set up to direct you in certain ways. Um, for sure. Yeah. Well said. So to the younger millennials on here, a library <laughs> is a place where they store <laughs> these printed books, book books. For <laughs> <laughs> They're not digital books. <laughs> the book books. The book books, the ones with paper. Yeah. There was a, um, when Apple came out with their, um, their big product, but that was not what it was called, but it was this, this book about Apple's history. It was a beautiful printed book. Um, but then a few months after that, Ikea had launched their new catalog and it was done in the form of a, um, you know, an Apple ad, very simple, very basic, you know, that interview face to face format, the Johnny Ive interview style. And, um, they introduced the new Ikea catalog as a book book. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it, was, it was really funny. Go check it out. <laughs> book book. Yep, we'll look it up. Um, so Noel, what was the moment, like was the library, that discovery of the book in the library, was that the moment that you started noticing design out in the world? Did that kick that off or was were you seeing things before that but just didn't know what it was? Oh yeah, um, great question. So I was definitely noticing design but didn't have words for it. Or I guess I... I did have words for it in the sense of I actually started um, my design career, if you want to call it that, I guess, as wanting to be an architect. Okay. So when I was in that liberal arts school, I was taking architecture classes and doing a little modeling and models. And so I was definitely uh, looking at design in the built environment. So mm-hmm. looking at cities and flow of space and and how that influences people um, mm-hmm. psychologically and movement-wise. And so I think... I was noticing that definitely and I was noticing typography and signage and lettering and, and other, you know, graphics, but I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't have a name for it at that point. But then it's hard to know when like the having a name for it or noticing it really happened because I think when you're a person interested in the world, which is all of us as creatives, mm-hmm. um, I think we all notice it. Um to be honest, we just maybe don't have the words for it. But. Yeah, you know, well said, actually. Because um, you're noticing, even down to park benches, you notice yeah. if, if it makes sense, if it doesn't make sense, if it feels out of place and that sort of thing. Right, right. So, you know, being a very interested creative person, what do you think stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Um, maybe it's something you've seen, maybe it's something you were a part of. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, (laughs) something that kind of like influenced me, I think, as like a turning point was Gaudi's uh, architecture, which it's funny because a lot of my kind of influences do stem from from architecture too, not necessarily graphic design, which, you know, I have influences there too. But um, Antoni Gaudi's work in Barcelona where 
he just made buildings that didn't make any sense and <laughs> and they looked like they're melting and things like that where it's like you don't I feel like the people who made their own rules up always influenced me who are like okay well this works it's structurally sound you know whether that's um you know ceramics or or furniture or architecture or graphic design it's like there when people are trying to figure out ways of communicating in a new way I find that really interesting Mm -hmm. um I don't think my work does that but I do really appreciate that so anyway but when I um was looking at Gaudi's work when I was you know in high school I was just kind of blown away and was like wow you can create something this modern and crazy in I feel like I'm going to get these dates wrong, but I, 1800s, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> which it just felt very, very like crazy that it was happening back then. But um, so to me, it felt very, um, very wild and, and fun. So that's cool. And a number of um, graphic designers that I've interviewed before had that architecture starting point as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like that's a fairly common transition. Uh, or first stepping stone, I guess, to being a graphic designer is appreciating the physical elements of life, really. Right, right. And it's more apparent, too. It's like, a, it's everywhere. Architecture is everywhere. Obviously, design is everywhere. Graphic design is everywhere, too. But mm-hmm. you can't be in the world without running into architecture in a way where you could maybe, depending on where you live, more avoid uh, graphic design in some ways. But um, For sure. No, I totally yeah. get that. Absolutely. So yeah. in your graphic design career, um, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to or closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? Yeah. Um, so recently, I've been really interested in sort of smaller design shops. Um, mm-hmm. I really like um, Concrete, which is a Canadian firm. There we go. Uh, represent. Yeah, represent. They Just their approach to... Um, the way they structure brand systems is really interesting to me. They have beautiful, beautiful work, but they also just think through everything and everything's connected and executed really well. And I've been inspired by their approach and um, the way that they, they do work. And um, I also really like Mista, this brand. It's, um, I think, designed in London and uh, it's a shoe brand, and then they uh, make the shoes in Spain. Uh, and they're, the forms of the shoes are really interesting. They're like um, just all really different, and the structure and color and and way that they shoot their um, promotional pieces too is really cool. So I like them a lot. Nice. Also, I haven't yeah. heard of them. Uh, is it Mista? I I hope I was saying it right, but it's M I I S T A. Okay. That's yeah. cool. I haven't heard of them, so I want to look that one up just to sort of see um, what they have going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I have yet to purchase, but I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. It's on my list. You're so. on that. Per, you're that peripheral yeah. customer. All they need is the right ad, the right copy, and yep. then pull you in. Right. I'm like, should I buy a typeface or should I buy some shoes? I'm <laughs> probably going to buy some typefaces. But <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> that's why I don't have a lot of shoes. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> one's a tool for my business. Others, great, but not totally necessary. So, so no shoes, loads of typefaces. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the cobbler's, what is it, the cobbler's children have no shoes, but it's like, I know that's not the right use of that phrase, but it's. 
just it's the older uh, millennial use of that phrase yeah right where it's just totally not at all relevant where it can uh, be turned to make sense <laughs> right <laughs> hashtag something we've designed that statement to fit into this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't everyone <laughs> it works awesome um noel i got a question here for you about print um, I want to hear how you have utilized print um, in your design career and stories or anything like that around printer packaging projects you've worked on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have worked on some magazines. Actually, at, at Pitchfork, we did the Pitchfork um, Review, which was a print magazine. And so I came on and it was already in production and kind of set up and helped work with a team of really great designers to to make that a reality again, but then that went into print and having that delivered and in your hands after working on this crazy amount of content, Mm -hmm. um, was really satisfying to be able to hold something. Um, and I do find that like, it's really trite. I'm sure everyone says it, but it's just like, it's really satisfying to have a tactile experience where you can shut everything down and, and actually delve into the content. Um, in a way that you just can't on a digital device. Um, and I mean, I don't care how, how great it is. I do think that there is something different about, um, holding a piece and feeling it. Um, though, you know, there's a lot of reading devices that, that are great now, but digitally, but there is some other experience when you have paper that has a texture or, um, or there's a letterpress piece. So, yeah, and then other pieces, um, it's a lot of it has, in my experience, been more marketing-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so, especially with branding, you get a lot of, like, collateral and things like that. So, I mean, print is, is great, and it makes a difference, and people hold on to things, but it's not quite as exciting of a story to tell, <laughs> <laughs> like, with that. Yeah. Um, so you had but, mentioned yeah. um, using print in marketing, was mm-hmm. that like direct mail or was that just for sort of brand pieces? Yeah, more brand pieces. Um, yeah. I haven't done any direct mail, but um, it's more just kind of like promotional pieces that where it's, um, you know, when it is at a studio, we would do some real estate, nice um, matte paper, interesting mm-hmm. different designs for that. Um, and people people definitely pick them up and, and read them more. Um, but then it's also sort of like, well... I think where where print is really really makes a difference, as you mentioned, packaging and, and mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of that, but it's it hasn't been as much. Um, the substrates have varied, but I do find like these days there's a lot of really beautiful um, thick uh, folding board packaging, matte packaging with really nice finishes that it makes a huge difference um, to have people buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's more in like kind of the wellness and luxury skincare and beauty products and things like that. It's versus- a very quick way to elevate your brand on the mm-hmm. store shelf. Absolutely. And what is it? I mean, it's something like 80% of people will buy a product if they pick it up. So mm-hmm. if you get people to pick it up, I don't know where that number comes from. It may be wrong. Please fact check me. No, it's official. <laughs> yeah, it's official. <laughs> I said it. It must be true. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a higher conversion rate. So, I mean, packaging really makes a difference and, and putting, um, the time and effort into getting it right is valuable. 
So. Yeah, and the process would be is a, a consumer will visually see something that attracts mm-hmm. them. It could be just the design. It could be a foil. It could be anything. But something that visually attracts them, and then it's in their hands, and they're now engaging with them on a tactile level. And mm-hmm. it's that tactile experience that really closes the deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah. If that's a good tactile experience, happy days. Exactly. Yeah. And I apologize for the LA helicopter going over my house right now. That's a fine. Um, that, yeah. It's probably like a high speed chase or something. Yeah. You know, it is <laughs> the police view the city in LA. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it's interesting too about packaging because I noticed myself picking up packaging, not necessarily for the design in my like designer head, but I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that looks cool. And then I'm like, the designer in me is like, oh, whoa, they did it. They made me do it. <laughs> like, yeah. There it is. Nice. That's it. Yeah. It's in practice. It's in reality. There it is right there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. The tactile experience. It's important. It is important. So the next couple of questions I have for you, Noel, take you down part of your career where you likely made some mistakes and learned some lessons. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love revisiting the painful points of your life. <laughs> so, <Great. laughs> so I can tell you are so excited to get into this. Um, but what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Yeah. Um, can I say all of it? (laughs) Yes. All of the above. Next question. All of the above done. Um, no, I think that, uh, so I, um, was, so I went back to school when I was 23. So I did my undergraduate Mm -hmm. graduated, um, with a art and architecture liberal arts degree and then worked at a ad agency as an account person during the great recession, the old great recession, the old great recession, which was, um, a time. So I already at that point, uh, so I was like, I was 22. I knew that I wanted to be in design, but I had no portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, was just like, okay, maybe I can learn this from from designers at this company. Would have been a possibility, but everyone was holding on for dear their dear lives <laughs> for their jobs. And mm-hmm. um, I was at an agency that went from like 400 people to 200 people over wow. the course of that year. Yeah, it was it was really crazy. And I think that uh, I was not laid off because I was making so little money. And so yeah. that means nothing to our expenses. Yeah. Just leave her. Yeah. And I was like, doing a good job. So they were kind of like, well, you know, probably, probably is worth keeping her on, I guess. But, um, and so I learned a lot that year anyway. So basically being like, that was challenging because I knew what I wanted to be doing, but wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and had to be like, okay, well, well, how do I get there? And so I ended up um, being fortunate enough to be able to go back to school. Um, and I went to, to art school in Minneapolis college of art and design, which is great. And, um, I did a, I did another bachelor, but I did a four year degree in two and a half years, um, which was kind of crazy too. It sounds crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. And so it was like a crash course boot camp, portfolio building design learning couple of years but um so I was like okay cool I get I kind of get this design thing I know what I'm doing and um I went and did an internship in New York and got 
my ass kicked (laughs) Um, like in a really good way in a lot of ways and in uh, a lot of ways I've actually was just thinking about this the other day I was like I still am sort of recovering my creative confidence from that experience and that was in 2014 2012 Mm -hmm. when was I don't know I was like I I can look up the dates but it was a long time ago yeah and um, you know it was just the the approach that um, the people I worked with had, they're really, really talented, really great designers, but mm-hmm. I think maybe hadn't mentored an intern before. And I was like, I, I honestly should have been in school longer, I think, um, to just understand more foundation things. But, mm-hmm. um, it was, yeah, it was really hard and really good. But I think that was probably the hardest Cause I was like, what am I doing? Should I even be a designer? I think I'm really bad and I should just stop this now. Um, and I didn't, which I'm glad I didn't, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that, I think that was like the lowest, my, uh, design confidence ever. So that experience kind of forced you to look at, you know, am I doing the right thing? Did I just waste two and a half years in school? Like you <laughs> sort of question everything. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even think it was about the school. I think it was more, it was, it was at the time too, when I think all to some extent, I think creative people tie their creative output into their self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was even even thinking like, well, how valuable am I as a person? Like that's not even like, oh, I wasted two years. It was like, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I, I think it just, you know, one foot in front of the other. And I learned a lot. And there were some really good people there who didn't make me feel um you know, certain ways. And so I, I don't know, it was, I think it was a, it was very, very valuable. And, um, and probably, I probably wasn't as terrible as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, um, yeah. A learning experience yeah, for sure. A learning experience. Oh, that sounds very, it's all very high level and big, but I don't really, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> not as far as I'm I went in, I took, I took the <laughs> yeah. heat and I yeah. came out with some learning. I yes, learned. <laughs> I learned something. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's been other times too um, that have been hard. You know, just with clients, where even in the last year, when I'm I'm trying out new ways of approach, I'm always iterating on, mm-hmm. on running my business and approaching the branding process. And and one of them this past year was I worked with a nonprofit that I really liked what they were doing and and liked their um, approach, but it was a mess from organization end on their end. And I should have seen that because um, they were in a really big transition phase. And um, I I could have run it better definitely on my end. But it, it just like the project didn't go well. Um, no harsh feelings on anybody's end. Um, the, the work didn't end up getting used. Uh, I thought it was pretty good work. But mm-hmm. It just, uh, things like that were too, it's like, okay, well, that didn't work very well. Uh, it was my fault in some instances and then also their fault in some instances. And how can I either avoid that in the future or, or do better um, mm-hmm. on my end? So I think I feel like I'm always failing, mm-hmm. but that's not bad. I mean, I'm always learning too. It's not bad for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're not going to, you're not going to grow if you're not going to fail. Right. Yeah. And it sucks. It feels really bad, but yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, See, awesome. the, the trick is learning to yeah. love the failures. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, which is easy. Get, I'm sure. Yeah. 
it's so easy. <laughs> yeah if it was easy we'd all be doing it when, yeah exactly um, yeah and that's why you know we have this uh thousand dollar an hour design therapy talk so. <laughs> perfect yeah good <laughs> i'm just making sure you got my invoice okay yeah perfect good yes, to hear. i hope everybody knows this is costing me a lot so yeah um so noel then can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result um what was that like how did that feel can you take us to that story Sure. Well, I, I feel like I jumped ahead and already talked about I it. touched on so it a little bit, but I want to go deeper. Yeah. You want to go deeper into it? Ugh. Well, I definitely have had um, projects. I, the reason I don't want to go specifically into it is because mm-hmm. I know that some clients are still actively using some things and I don't want to, I love all of my clients. So yes. I don't want to try Keep it very nameless and vague. Okay, cool. Um, there are definitely clients who are wonderful, smart, super super, super talented business people who, mm-hmm. um, who just aren't designers and that's why they hire me. And so they, they will take the brand system and then what they do with it. And you know, this is not specific to actually any single mm-hmm. person. This is very, um, I think is a reason why people hire designers, but, um, they'll use the brand system, but then it kind of, turns into something else because they don't have a designer on their team and they're small business people who are running awesome businesses, but you know, that's not their strong suit. And mm-hmm. so I think I've been thinking a lot lately about how do I give people a brand system that is even more, not foolproof. I don't want to call anybody a fool, but mm-hmm. is, you know, is it can be used in a way that's more user make, friendly for people right. who aren't designers, essentially. Exactly. And then, but what's interesting is with smaller businesses, um, the budgets tend to be lower. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be like, okay, well, to do that, it's a lot more work. It takes a lot more upfront work and then systems and templates and things that are, you know, you almost have to spend more work doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But then the budget's not necessarily there. So I, I think this this is sort of like a constant project failure, but also something that I've talked with other people about. And unless unless there's a designer on that team, it's pretty hard to keep that going. And mm-hmm. so it's something that I don't know. I think there should. I would love. I would love anybody's you know ideas about how to how to make that work. But um, it's something I've been kind of iterating about and and trying to improve on my end too. So. Um, yeah, I, I like that. That's sort of speaking to a specific, um, you know, issue that that you're sort of wrestling with and trying to figure out right now. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting too because it's um, I completely spaced. <laughs> I was like, I was going <laughs> to say something, I forgot. It was profound. Um, yeah, it was really it was so deep that it dropped out of my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's always new challenges with um, with design. So definitely. So I'm going to turn this bus around for you right now. And okay. I want you, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I would love to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Sure. Yeah. So I did a mural in Chicago um, at a restaurant called Urban Belly. Okay. Um, if anybody's in Chicago, it's at the Damon stop on the Blue Line L train. Um, and it's colorful and bright and it's sort of this tropical scene. And 
I just had a lot of fun putting it together and I drew everything by hand and scaled it up digitally and actually worked with a really great um, vinyl company, Graphic Alliance, to adhere it to a brick wall because mm-hmm. we couldn't we couldn't paint on the brick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's just like changes the view of that corner. It's, people love taking pictures in front of it, of course, you know, Instagram, yep. uh, Instagram. Spot, <laughs> Instagram. And it's just, I don't know, it was fun. It was really fun to do. It, it was um, really different than building a brand because building a brand has really specific business goals and it has to work for the client. And, you know, I'm not doing it as it's not, it's my design, of course, but it, it has goals versus mm-hmm. just like that was pure, that mural was pure fun and it had goals too, but it was so much more open-ended and, um, you know, got to, got to express the different side of my, my work too. So that's cool. And is that up on your website, up on your Instagram? Where can we see that? It is. It's up on my website, uh, noel-roth.com. And, uh, it's also on my Instagram and you can go see it in person in Chicago. Definitely. Yeah. And have a nice meal where you're there. Exactly. Perfect. Peanut butter jelly soft serve is very good. That sounds very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Noelle, what is one design product, tool, website, or a community that you just can't live without? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> Adobe Creative Suite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as long as it's not an Adobe product. Yeah, I, was, I know. I was like, everyone says that, I'm sure. Um, honestly, I would say my creative community of, of people, does that count? Like, Absolutely does. It, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually just moved into, uh, the last couple months ago, I share a studio with some really, really talented, awesome women. Um, we share a studio space and I really value their opinions and, mm-hmm. and company. And, and then also there's some other really great uh, design. There's this pretty tight smaller group of designers here in LA that we're building just because it's um, everyone who's sort of not in the quote unquote industry, which Mm is Hollywood, um, (laughs) which I'm not a part of Um, respect everyone in it. I'm not in it. Um, And, and so that is kind of the crew that, um, you know, we talk shop in a way that uh, there's different specific challenges to a city that's so spread out and Mm -hmm. um, people are not quite as interested in graphic design um, as other cities, um, and so yeah, that's that's my uh, go-to for or something I can't live without. I like it—that nice little community people. that you got. Yeah, yeah. Well, Noel, you've made it to the final question of the show. You've made it to the ask it forward question. So I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. Now I'll give you a little, I usually don't give any insight to the next guest or tell you anything about it. But in this case, I feel like I should. Um, I will just say that you have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guests. Oh, okay. 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 So I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, so my previous guest was Charlie Robinson. He's the owner of Iconoclast Design at Long Island, New York. And mm-hmm. he wanted to ask, what is your ritual to just get stuff done? Like when you've got a deadline, you've got to hammer through some stuff. What's your ritual? What do you do? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, definitely start with coffee. So 
get get coffee going in my hand. Um, I also strangely have to clear, like clean up. I need to have a really clean space mm-hmm. before I can get anything done. Um, so no clutter, no visual clutter. Um, and then like start with a list of everything I need to get done basically so I can remember and then not get distracted by everything that always is distracting us. <laughs> all distractions. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, and then just die. I mean, just dive into it. I think that's, it's kind of a lame answer, but it's really just like, just do it. You know, when I, when you, especially with the deadline. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a go-to playlist? Like you put on the Miley Cyrus and you just go, <laughs> you just go for it. I actually, <laughs> I do have a go-to playlist. It's really lame. It's the, it's the like piano focus playlist from Apple Music. Okay. I have not listened to this. <laughs> no, because it's not anything most people, I'm like kind of embarrassed yeah. admitting it. I was going to say, nor would I admit that I actually yeah, have listened right? to it. I was like, <laughs> can, you, can you scrub this? Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's cause like I can't, when I'm really deep focused, I can't have lyrics. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, yeah. And I can't have, um any music that's like too dissonant mm-hmm. um so if it's like light focus or i'm just doing some sketching and stuff uh, i can definitely do you know all types of music but mm-hmm. um yeah piano focus is like my like do or die beautiful <laughs> okay i'm gonna check that out <laughs> it's so lame. you're gonna you're gonna be like this, this woman is so lame <laughs> <laughs> No, Hold that's up. that's your hack. So somebody's going to hear that and be like, what? Yeah. What is that playlist about? Check it out. Yeah. And like, look at all the stuff I got done. Yeah. Yeah. Hooked, or right? they'll just be like, never, ever talk to Noelle again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Noelle, what is your question for my next guests? Next guests. Um, can I ask just one thing? Do they collaborate with each other? Yes. Very closely. Okay. You could okay. say You could say they're related. Oh, Oh, I think I know what it might be. Um, what is the hardest thing about working together? What is the one thing that you kind of have to walk away from each other? Okay. When you work together. And then what is the one thing that like connects you the most in your creative work and what, what brings you together? So, so what, what's the one thing basically you can never really agree on and you just have to agree to disagree? And what's the mm-hmm. thing that you guys are so aligned on that you're unstoppable? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. But you phrased that way better. <laughs> yeah, you perfect. Must, you must do this. You I've, must do this a lot. <laughs> I've done it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, Noel, you've made it to the end. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. This is, this is fun. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I hope Monday wasn't too rough on you. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Tuesday it is. See you then.